0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I
1: dot com. This story is insane. I'm Rebecca Lieb.
2: I'm Jason Horton.
1: And this is Ghost Town.
2: greatest TV and video sale ever. Get a video recorder, color TV, large screen TV, video camera, even an audio video component system. Get it all on sale now during Crazy Eddie's greatest TV and video sale ever.
1: Remember, we are not undersold, we will not be undersold, we cannot be undersold, and we mean it. So get anything and everything in TV and video. Get it now during Crazy Eddie's greatest TV and video
2: sale ever. Crazy Eddie, his prices are insane. If you were watching TV in the New York City metro area in the 1970s and 1980s, you probably saw a commercial for Crazy Eddie's. His prices were insane. The guy in the commercial, who is not Crazy Eddie, but he was Crazy Eddie personified, the store personified, (laughs) and he wanted to let you know the prices couldn't be beat Get your stereo here. Get your TV here. You're not going to believe the prices because they are insane. And they were insane. There might have been a reason for that. The crazy Eddie empire had a criminal side to it. I know. Hard to believe. (laughs) 1970s, 1980s, New York City metro area, making money, selling big screen TVs, color TVs, stereo systems. Ooh,
1: yeah. Yeah. That tech. That 70s tech.
2: This is the story of the rise and fall of Crazy Eddie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing, amazing. I feel like every stereo electronic seller in this period of time needs like a crazy nickname. Like you've got Crazy Eddie or like you're the stereo king, you know? You're Mr. Color TV. Like you need some catchy gimmick. And the commercials are always just an absolute delight.
2: And- I remember them running constantly. (laughs) It was that. It was Cats at the Winter Garden Theater. (laughs) Hell yeah. It was Broadway. It was Mm -hmm. Crazy Eddie's. It was Nobody Beats the Wiz. Uh, Does that ring a bell? The Wiz? The
1: the musical? No. Not at all.
2: The the Wiz of electronics. So it was a a constant battle in New York City when you wanted to buy surround sound. Ooh, Yeah. When you were going to do cocaine, Uh, you needed those equalizers to be cranked, but you didn't want to pay a premium.
1: No, 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 no. You wanted, when you brought those women back to your white shag carpeted underground bed area with lots of uh, very sleek glass countertops and marble, you wanted to make sure that you got your sound system for a discount.
2: Let's go back to the beginning. Eddie Antar was just 16 when he dropped out of high school in the early 1970s and began to work on a stand selling electronic devices in Port Authority. And that's, we take the bus into port authority in new york that's where port authority is which i've slept on the floor of port authority when i would work in the city and would commute and oh i would miss the train back did via you...
1: stereo there did you buy anything
2: at uh, port no authority? i just kept one eye open and slept on my side and like on a backpack this move was not much of a surprise to his family his father was already a retailer and eddie's grandparents also ran a stall when they migrated to america from syria So perhaps it's easier to say that retail was just in Eddie Antar's blood. Then he began selling electronics on his own, learning what it meant to run his own business, and he quickly began to make a name for himself. He became known for pushy sales techniques. Oh, yes. In your face. You got to get in their face. You can't say maybe, maybe you like this record player. No,
1: you pinpoint a vulnerability. If If someone's eyes hit a product... You gotta sell that product to that person.
2: Oh, you say you love your children? Mm. Why aren't you giving them exactly what they want for Christmas? (laughs) And if you remember 1970s, 1980s, New York metro area, there was a lot of economic decline. Mm -hmm. As a young child living in an apartment with my parents, Hackensack, New Jersey, four years old, I saw Cookie Monster on the brand new color TV. (laughs) And I was like, Cookie Monster's eating cookies, kind of rude. He needs milk. I poured milk into the television and destroyed the brand new television. Whoa,
1: whoa! And that must have been a pricey item at that point. Not
2: too. if you go to Crazy Eddie's.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that will establish that. It all for folds sure, into itself.
2: But... And he would wear people down as they ended up buying something from his stall, his little Mm -hmm. kiosk he sent up. It's a a lawless land when you're selling things. You're just trying to make a living, and you want to outsell somebody else, and you have to do what you have to do. So people would buy things, but Eddie Antar just had one problem. His stall wasn't in the best location, and his growth halted, and so did his business. But Eddie wasn't deterred. Hmm. He actually started a joint venture with his father, Sam Antar, and his cousin, Ronnie Gindy, when they opened up a store named Sight and Sound. Here Eddie came into his own, doubling down on his sales tactics and quickly making a name for himself. He was now known locally as Crazy Eddie. Sight and Sound was located on King's Highway in Brooklyn, a much better location than Eddie's first stall, but within 18 months, the store was in danger. At this point, both Eddie and Ronnie were almost bankrupt, but Eddie managed to buy his cousin's share of the store, and his father, Sam, took a step back from the business, giving Eddie the room to take charge of the day-to-day runnings of it. Eddie renamed the store Crazy Eddie, and there was now no stopping him. Before this, he and the store had been sticking to the fair trade laws, which limited the prices that retailers could sell their stock at. Fuck them. But now that Eddie was on his own, he slashed prices.
1: Crazy Eddie doesn't believe in rules or regulations
2: using every opportunity he could to offer crazy discounts and to make sure he closed on sales.
1: Hell yeah. I mean, he's for the people until he becomes
2: criminal. When you're like, this is too good to be true, it usually is.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly.
2: He'd stop customers from leaving empty-handed. He'd take people's shoes as deposits for stereos and even offer further discounts for people, brave enough to come to the store during blizzards. It's almost <laughs> like game a of chicken. A Black Friday kind of mentality uh-huh. at any corner. Mm-hmm. And those East Coast blizzards are can be pretty bad. Horrible.
1: People die in those.
2: But if you're willing to risk it all
1: mm-hmm.
2: to save in that sweet surround sound. Mm-hmm. But think about what people do for Black Friday events. Totally. Will I trample? Yes. Oh,
1: absolutely. It's a wave of rabid people who will stop at nothing. It's like, oh, you have a uh, medical treatment? No, just pull out your IV and come on down. Like, this deal will not last, and you're a shitty coward if you don't take it.
2: Well, then you can just pay full price for a waffle iron instead of getting it for $10.
1: I, I won't do that. How much do you want?
2: <laughs> Word spread quickly about Crazy Eddie and his store, but perhaps more importantly, they spread about his prices. Mm-hmm. Eddie's prices made him almost a hero to the general public. He was exactly. like a Robin Hood like he cared for the people. You can't afford this. Exactly. Come here.
1: Bring me your yeah. shoes, and I'll g- I'll give you a radio.
2: You can't leave here without your shoes, so yeah. you're gonna get something.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: He made it so people can afford electronics that were far more expensive anywhere else. But he also caught the attention of the manufacturers. Many mm. of them refused to sell Eddie until he fixes prices, because that's when people are seeing a Panasonic stereo. For mm-hmm. this low at an actual store brick and mortar yeah. store, but at oh, another electronic store or a luxury department store, it's a lot higher, mm-hmm. people are like what gives like yeah. uh, how how can Panasonic sell it for these two prices like what's so shady about Panasonic but they're like, no, this guy is just this
1: guy's a shady guy
2: he's just undercutting himself and everybody else exactly
1: the economics are wrong because this guy. Is And I assume just taking no pr- taking a hit on these things, or I guess we'll get to that. You can't, like the supply and demand of something like a Panasonic, you know, it's like, oh, this it's within this price point. If he's selling it at a complete and utter outlier, you're like, is it damage? Is he a criminal? What's going on? And it depletes the whole cachet of that brand.
2: So they wouldn't sell it to him until he agreed to agree on the prices and follow the fair trade laws. But Eddie, um, no 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 no, 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 no. Did you think like, oh, then he, you know, that's, this is the end of the yeah, story. Yeah, they shook he hands own, yeah. and then
1: he was an a ethical businessman. No. No.
2: His, his first name used to be Eddie. Now it's crazy. I guess Eddie's <laughs> is like middle name now.
1: Yeah, okay, okay.
2: He started getting his stock from more, let's say, mm. in that kind of gray area of providers. Mm. Did it fall off a truck? By accident, It wasn't too long after that that the fair trade laws were overturned and Eddie could legally offer his electronics at the prices he wanted and could have been the end of Eddie's legal activities. But it was only the beginning. More on that after this break. Sometimes when I sit down to listen to a podcast, I just want to escape from everyday life and laugh a little. And that's why I want to tell you about the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast. This show leans into the weirdest state in the nation. Born and raised in Florida, the hosts cover everything from small-town mysteries, historical legends, and the Florida Man headlines that everyone loves to make fun of. I just listened to episode 194, The Rainbow People, and it is wild. If you're looking for a show that's a great escape from everyday life, you have to check out Florida Men on Florida Man. It's family-friendly, and you're definitely going to have a good time on every episode. Search Florida Men, plural, on Florida Man, wherever you stream podcasts today. New episodes air every Wednesday in English and Spanish. And again, make sure to check out Florida Men on Florida Man.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well.
2: Hi, hello. hello, how are you?
1: Hello, hello. Looking good over there. Well, well, well. Here we are. Look who's back,
2: us Woo! and you.
1: Wow. Inside and out, baby. And I'm not just talking about this cubbyhole we record the podcast in.
2: We're all one week older, but mm-hmm. you're all one week hotter, as mm-hmm. far as we're concerned.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And good, good on you. It looks good on you, this week.
2: We want to say... Hello. Yeah, we do want to say <laughs> A very normal hello. Nothing crazy. Wow. A normal hello. Just regular old to, hello. To everyone who's listening, mm-hmm. supporting the show, spreading Thank the good you. word. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. What would we do without you?
2: Oh, well, we just wouldn't plug any of this in. We'd probably still do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. just, we just talk at each other. Yeah, just just, be a, You mean it would just be a conversation?
2: Yeah, ew. That we would have? No. No, no profit? No content? Uh, yeah, no, Stop no. Stop it. Crazy Eddie would not like it if he did that. You,
1: well, I can definitively say Crazy Eddie would hate that.
2: And we love laws.
1: Yeah. Fair trade, sure, not fair trade. Sure. We love laws.
2: And That's right. who's uncorruptible? Our government. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The mayors. Um, I think they're all wearing monocles, and they pull it off. Like, how? they know how to wear them. They don't just put it on, like, I can hold it in my eye. Yeah, it's not
1: a costume for them. It's a no. lifestyle. And yeah. they're in the top opera box, right by Looking the down. singing ladies- They've got a little top hat that you you know you push out and the whole thing comes out. Fucking tails, dressed to the nines. This is not like a twenties party. This is for real. Yeah, this is life. modern day. Yeah, this is, this is, this is twenty
2: twenty two, baby. And if you're uh, wondering, if you're wondering, uh, like, oh, there's some, there's some secret society. There is. Yeah, there is. And they're in it. Yeah,
1: fucking no shit, dude.
2: They won't admit it. No one no. will.
1: And you know what? They'll take that shit to their grave because they're our government.
2: The mayors: Dara Rosenzweig. hello; Ashley Matson, hello; Kat Josel, hello; and brand new mayor Ooh. in the house, Love Stephen it. Bates. He sent a message saying his the, the podcast helps him. He's a truck driver and he helps those awesome long rides. Oh so Rebecca, god. no pressure. Your voice, uh, oh my god, is, I'm so sorry. Is, is keeping Stephen awake. Great. So
1: great. Um, he knows my voice better than I do. And uh, let's keep it that way.
2: Yeah. When truck drivers would take speed and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and you're the new speed. I'm the new speed?
1: Oh, boy. We're in trouble. I think the speed's (laughs) healthier. I think so, too. Much healthier. You might want to take some inventory of that. Uh, But no, thank you so much. I hope we're getting you through those long drives. I find driving very meditative. To do it for a living, very exciting. Hope we can help.
2: And Glad I think be. you're helping I mean, maybe the other mayors just are like, we can't listen to this while we're driving. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. help. Makes it, we're going to listen to like... It actually m- nauseous. We're going to listen to music like, yeah. mm, like mm. normal people. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We want to rock.
1: Not murders. Thank you, though.
2: And someone who's got the hookup, mm. if you want speed, mm-hmm. if you want a high five, <laughs> so those are the high- only two things. <laughs> That's what I think of the Wow, hookup. what
1: are drugs to you, Jason? <laughs>
2: Speed and high five. <laughs> high five is most addictive Whoa, you're gonna get drug. you're going
1: to get low did on high fives from this person.
2: Is our governor
1: mm-hmm.
2: untouchable, Mm-mm. the highest rung?
1: Can you be above the law and the law? I don't know, but her name is
2: Avian, Avian Noble. Noble. So if you want no ads, no chit chat, you want to binge, mm-hmm. you don't want to hear any of this junk.
1: No. The garbage, the trash middle.
2: Go to patreon.com slash ghost town pod. We just put up a brand new bonus episode. There's, I think, close to 70 bonus episodes on there. That $2 Mm. tier, that'll take you there. Yeah. Get hooked on the stuff.
1: 70 episodes. It's got to be, that's a a lot. lot. It's a lot. It's It's hours and hours and hours. I can't say how many hours. You discover that. We, I actually love doing the bonus episodes because we have a little bit more free reign over it, a little bit more off the cuff, a little more candor, if you're into that. There's been episodes
2: where I was like, oh, this would be really good for Ghost Town. I was like, you know what, though? It's good. I get excited, but I was like, let's just do it for Patreon.
1: Yeah, 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 baby. And you know what? We should put, we should. We're get some more risque episodes. It'll be Ghost Town After Dark for you, Patreon yeah. subscribers. I mean,
2: not after 9.30 p.m. No, I mean,
1: by dark, I mean we are dead by eight, <laughs> yeah. okay? Like, cup of cocoa and you're done. But you'll like it.
2: I have an uninteresting announcement. <laughs> My second book, brand new book, just came out.
1: Called
2: Woo! Signs of Los Angeles, Lost in the Dark. I started it when the pandemic started, mm-hmm. Uh I was starting it anyway and then kind of changed the course of the book. Photos, t- signs, storefronts, a little gritty. Uh, I think a little darker toned than the last one, even though the last one has stories and anecdotes and essays mm-hmm. from musicians, artists, actors, small business owners. Rebecca Lee.
1: Even me. Even Rebecca. Even I get a say and what happens in that book. You want
2: to hear an interesting story about one of Rebecca's jobs?
1: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I've had a lot of uh, insane jobs. Jason, myself included, to an extent, but I'm definitely the believer of the two of us. So um, this story, it's a lot about psychic metaphysical things. So it's interesting that it is in his book, kind of lends a little bit of a...
2: But it's got some, uh, I mean, heavy Hollywood. Yeah,
1: heavy Hollywood, for sure. Awkward. I mean, everything I've ever written is awkward. So that's part of my brand. Um, But the essays are all really great. I think... The photos to kind of do a deeper dive on la really really great photos It was signage. like what la
2: looked like when the pandemic started because mm-hmm. i you know i did not know what what was going to change mm-hmm. and a lot did and yeah. i was like let me i was just feverishly collecting photos for what this book would become and it was a kind of a dark time for myself and obviously a lot of people mm-hmm. so when i'd write write it i'd rewrite it i put it on the shelf i'm like this is stupid nobody cares Bring it back out and uh, it finally came out from Arcadia Publishing. So if you wanna get a copy or find out more, you can go to my Instagram, which is the Jason Horton, there's a link on there, and then I'll put links in the episode in the notes. So you That's can fun. find it on Amazon, or you can find it at local bookstores or mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble or wherever you wanna get a book and yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. And I'm proud of the like work everyone else did. And like, they're just so great. And it's not about me. It's not very me centric. So that's good.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's fun. It's, it is. It's It's very like specific to a time and place, which I think we're going to look back on. And as much as it's going to be a bittersweet time, it will be interesting to see how we change and how the, the photos and essays in the book kind of evolve. It's great.
2: Now, would you say that was a, a pushy or crazy Sales pitch, mm,
1: not crazy enough.
2: Well, Can we're gonna you, get to some. Here's my shoes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> pair of shoes. Size? I don't know. We all wanted to say what size shoes you are.
1: Uh, seven, please.
2: So yeah. Yeah. It's I'm a, like eleven.
1: Well, you're a different person. Than but, me. but the thing is,
2: I'm six foot three, so oh, it yeah, makes that's sense. Right, that's Imagine right.
1: Imagine that. Uh, unconfirmed.
2: So Eddie started opening up stores like it was nobody's business, and that's what you do. You open up one store, and it's going okay open up as many as you can and just blanket the city mm-hmm. expand, with- Expand, expand. Expand, expand. And I think people sometimes wonder, oh, what happened to all these malls and all these Sears? And it's easy to blame Amazon, right? That's the first thing. But really what happens is a mall's like, this is great. People love malls. Let's build a mall half a mile away with similar stores. Mm-hmm. Another Sears, any of these stores that don't make it. And that's part, part of the problem. Mm-hmm. It's not just- Amazon, I feel like there's a big conversation when it comes to retail of the past and totally. the present. And yes, that obviously Amazon online shopping, but it's also these companies, they open up too many stores and some of are kind of like, oh, well, we want to treat our employees sometimes great, sometimes not great.
1: Exactly. It's just bad business. Like if we're really, if there's a shorthand for what you're talking about, it's bad business.
2: That caught up. To you. Exactly. And, and the internet helped kind of put the last nail in the coffin.
1: Exactly. You're not looking forward to the point where you're like, is this economically feasible? Does this make sense? Is it sustainable? Is it a model that we can perpetuate?
2: Well, Eddie <laughs> kept opening up the stories, didn't even know what the internet was or going to be. And if he did, that would be really, that would be really weird. Yeah. Across the tri-state area... I just remember being in the city and seeing a crazy Eddie because I see the commercials. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, I want to go in there. I don't even know what I'm looking at. Yeah. I'm not. Hyped m- up. I'm hyped up. And I was like, I don't need a dual cassette player. Yeah. But I know the prices were good. Mm-hmm. And this guy yelling at me <laughs> it's almost
1: like, like. I'm seven. I need a stereo.
2: Almost a little bit like a preacher. It was mm-hmm. just it was really, really, really great marketing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about stories like this. And of course, the crime. Yeah. And he would train his employees on his sales tactics. No one was to leave the shop empty-handed. And it didn't matter if it took every employee in the store to close the deal. In fact, they often used two or three employees to make sure they did manage to make a sale. And if it was a cash sale, well, that was even better.
1: Oh, yeah. And Nothing granted, the books, there was a lot baby. of,
2: like, you know, uh, people still used a lot of cash back then. But <laughs> Eddie and his stores didn't register cash sales a lot of the <laughs> perfect, time. Perfect, They kept, that was under the table. Mm-hmm um it's a little
1: quirky they, thing they told about their the, business
2: they told the irs no oh yeah they, they made didn't. sure
1: actually as soon as they got cash in their hands they ran to a phone and they called the irs and they made sure that irs it, knew
2: hey irs it's me eddie <laughs> yeah i made a sale and then the money was just flowing mm. the encouraging cash oh you're gonna pay by cash what if it's 50 dollars cheaper Yeah. Bring cash. And the word gets around.
1: If this were a movie, this is the second act of the movie where they're just partying. There's stores everywhere. Cash is flowing. People are giving them all kinds of collateral.
2: (laughs) Which I kind of respect is they pumped a lot of money into advertising. Mm -hmm. Maybe laundering the money (laughs) into advertising. When you see the commercials, it's not Eddie Antar, but it was a local DJ, Jerry (laughs) Carroll. Hell Yeah. He would do the commercials on TV and the radio and just blanket the tri-state area with Crazy Eddie commercials. Uh, And there was many, many, many. You go on YouTube, there are so many of them, any kind of holiday, Mm -hmm. and it's just a guy kind of like reaching almost out 3D to you with his hands out going, Uh, it's so – I don't know what to do with my hands. It's so crazy, these sales. uh, And really speaking really, really fast mm -hmm. and – no surprise that it was just like a really great tactic beside the fact that you can get these things. I want this thing. Let's see what Crazy Eddie's selling them for first. Totally. Totally. So it was print, newspapers, TV, radios, some local radio stations would stay on air all night because Eddie had bought up all the advertising. Uh, and I kinda just of love that kind of scorched earth oh, advertising. Hell yeah, we
1: honestly we still do that. If you're if you're streaming something and you see like four ads for the same fucking pharmaceutical or like car, we still use this tactic, even though it is so fucking annoying. It works.
2: Who has the best product doesn't matter who has the most money to spend on advertising. It's kind of market tested and and stuff like that. So it's like preferably good advertising. But really, it's the most advertising. Totally, totally. It got to the point where people thought that Jerry Carroll was actually Crazy Eddie. And Crazy Eddie was all anyone could talk about. Their commercials became so popular, channels like HBO and programs like Saturday Night Live would create parodies.
1: You know you've made it if SNL does a parody of your
2: local commercial. Eddie had all four members of Queen show up at one of his stores in Manhattan (laughs) to do a commercial right before their concert at Madison Square Garden. Holy shit.
1: That's the
2: pull and money this dude had.
1: They're like, here's four suitcases filled with cash. Will you just show up at one of our stores? And Queen said yes.
2: It was just (sighs) guns blazing. (sighs) Warner Communications weren't happy with this. And this might have marked the end of the over-the-top commercials, but Eddie Antar refused to stop airing the commercials even, no. even after Warner Communications filed a lawsuit against him. No,
1: he's been told to stop before.
2: Instead, Eddie told Warner Communications that he would stop selling Atari products in his store if Warner Communications didn't drop the lawsuit and Atari back then like 1981 huge, huge, yeah 2600 huge. you know especially
1: mm-hmm.
2: Warner Communications is the parent company of Atari and okay, that makes sense, the man. largest customer for their gaming systems at the time Yikes. and Crazy Eddie and is now 43 stores were what? selling ataris 43
1: stores 43
2: stores in a relatively small area. If you were anywhere in that area, you didn't have to go too far to get to Crazy Eddie's. The lawsuit was settled out of court, and somehow Eddie just managed to keep on growing.
1: Of course he did.
2: By now, the store was a family affair, with his father retaining his initial share of the store, and more and more family members getting involved to keep the business growing and the fraud flowing. Mm. Eddie's cousin, Sam Antar, started working there as a stock boy when he was only 14 years old. But by now he he'd gone to college to become an accountant with a specific purpose of teaching the rest of the family to get away with even more fraud.
1: They're just grooming this kid to just account us into prison. <laughs>
2: they already moved millions of dollars to offshore bank accounts, but the Antors were always on the lookout for an opportunity to make just a little bit more. Hell yeah. They began selling stocks and shares. By this point, the stores had stopped growing. They were still making money, but they stopped growing, and the antars could see the writing on the wall. They began selling the stocks, but they needed to keep the appearance that things were on their way up to make sure they can sell the stocks for more than they can get for them. Totally. I mean, you think about cryptocurrency, like, ah, no, oh, hey everybody, I'm an influencer, I'm whoever. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm putting. I'm going all in on this. Put your all in on this. P. Uh, um, oh wait, I did sell it. <laughs> I didn't Oops. tell you. Yeah. Whoops. So
1: this must have been also the kind of the rise of the Circuit City, the bigger electronics manufacturers stores mm-hmm. that kind of these smaller places couldn't really compete with because it was the cheapest they could do ethically. Mm-hmm. And, and later Best Buy. You yeah, know, totally. Kind of.
2: After- oh, around the same time mm-hmm. after that. Sam had them start registering their cash sales. So from the outside looking in, it would look like the stores were continuing to make more and more money. When they were only making the same amount of money as they had before, Mm -hmm. they're just now registering the cash sales. So it looks like they're making more, but it's like, oh, we just didn't count this cash money.
1: Yeah, we just put the cash in our pockets before, and now it's in a drawer.
2: They had to kind of keep up the appearance, especially when you're – selling stocks and shares and you want to keep shareholders happy and you want to keep the appearance that nobody wants to shop at a store that's on the decline Mm -hmm. maybe i shouldn't be shopping here is there another place i should go yeah are the products faulty or are the prices better somewhere else like why is this not succeeding
1: everyone's looking for an excuse to go somewhere else
2: And then when the auditors showed up, it would look like all these stores were overflowing with electronics and inventory, and the auditors would keep marking the valuation of the store higher and higher. Mm -hmm, So you're mm -hmm, just appearing mm -hmm. that, like, look at all this money. Look at all this stuff. We have so much going on. And when you value the store and then what the the price of the stock Mm -hmm. is, up, 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 and up, but... mm,
1: Mm, Not the reality.
2: Eventually, the Antars accepted a buyout offer... And disappeared before the company who had just bought them out realized just how much fraud had been going on oh, behind the scenes. It's so like,
1: like Gucci, really, too. It's
2: like so many things, it's like God. here you go. See you later.
1: Yeah. Bye. Thank you.
2: But when they were caught, Sam Antar took a deal with the prosecutors and told them everything. Little Cousin Sammy. Little piglet. Little snitch. little snitch, piece of shit. Just trying to save his own hide.
1: That's right.
2: Exactly what I would do.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Sounds nice.
2: His only concern then was making sure he didn't get stuck with the 20-year prison sentence. Mm -hmm. By this point, Eddie Antar had fled to Israel with over $120 million. (laughs) Wow. Our episode, the Chippendales episode, which there's a TV show coming out. There's a TV show coming out. I believe the... Part owner and creator of Chippendale's mm-hmm. ch- wanted to flee to Israel, but yeah, Banerjee, his w- Banerjee and his mm-hmm. wife I- sold him the so, fuck out, yep. baby.
1: That's great. I love a 20 year marriage and just like with one with the smell of prison, people will do anything.
2: Well, he fled to Israel with just the clothes on his back and over $120 million. Oh, is it after lengthy legal battles? Eddie was finally extradited to the United States where. He was expected to receive a hefty prison sentence, but things took a turn again when he was sentenced to only 12 and a half years.
1: Wow, 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 wow. The judge
2: presiding over the case was criticized for being biased when he dismissed over 17 charges against Eddie, and Eddie was offered a deal. He would get eight years instead of going for a retrial, and the $120 million in his accounts were recovered and given back to investors. So I don't know who was made whole, but it seems like some people were made whole. Yeah,
1: that judge has bought some Laserdisc players from him, for sure.
2: Sam was released from house arrest six months after his sentence, and Eddie was released from prison in 1999. The family continued to blame each other for the way things had turned out, with each of the cousins blaming the other. But who can say for sure how deep the idea of Crazy Eddie ran through the whole family?
1: Totally. That makes total sense to me, and especially when it comes to the stage where someone has to be held accountable, right? It's Crazy Eddie, obviously. It's his his place. It's his business. But you know that family for years and years and years, not even just the account, not even just the people who work there, all enabled it. They're all accessories to this.
2: And you wonder what, what if any, blowback there was for Jerry Carroll, the local a DJ. yeah. Who was really? Crazy Eddie personified? Exactly. It wasn't anyone in this family? If you're like, hey, that's that's Eddie from Crazy Eddie, yeah. you're pointing to Jerry Carroll.
1: Yeah, you're like, oh, you're not – you're actually a surrogate criminal. You know, like for the rest of it, – I'm sure for a while it was like kind of fun to be like, oh, you're Crazy He's like, no, I'm a DJ, but like I do their spots and like it's great because they're profiting and everyone's happy. But then when it turns criminal and then for the rest of this guy's life, I mean, we're talking about it right now. So you know it's permeated – the culture and consciousness the rest of his life people are like oh yeah you're the fucking criminal or you're the guy that worked for this criminal organization essentially
2: so here is this episode of ghost town (laughs) give us your shoes